Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Why can't you be more like your brother? Hmm? Did you ever hear something like that growing up or sister? Or maybe as a parent even said it to one of your children? I'm not sure what the family dynamics are like in your house, but imagine being in the nuclear family with Jesus. Imagine being James, Joseph, Simon, Judas, or one of Christ's sisters. Imagine it. Can't you just hear Mary and Joseph saying, why can't you be more like your brother? After all, Jesus, He's dutiful. He's godly. He's knowledgeable. He's helpful. Well, let's just call it like it is. He's perfect. And the kids are like, yeah, we know. The interesting thing about the Scriptures is that things don't always go as smoothly in Christ's family as we might think. Many times, Christ's own family is at odds with, doesn't understand, doesn't fully embrace His mission. In Luke chapter 2, for example, we get one of the few snippets into Christ's childhood, right? And guess what? In Luke chapter 2, Mary and Joseph are upset with their son. You remember the historical narrative. Jesus had stayed behind in Jerusalem when the family had gone down to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. And Mary and Joseph go a day's journey outside of Jerusalem thinking that Jesus uh, is with the crowd, is, is with their, uh, their company. Find out He's not there. Have to go back a day to Jerusalem. Spend days looking for Him throughout Jerusalem. And finally find Jesus in the temple. And what is their response? When the parents see Him, when His folks see Him, They're astonished, right? And Mary said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. Right? Understandably worried about Jesus. And Jesus said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying. Did they forget who Jesus is? Sure seems that way. When Christ's public ministry begins, we again see a little bit of disconnect between familial expectations and Christ's mission. In John chapter 2, Christ's mother requests that Jesus turn water into wine. They have no more wine. Jesus says, what does that have to do with you and me? It seems, at least in the text, that Mary hopes Jesus will perform the miracle to avoid social embarrassment 
for the hosts of the wedding. Jesus does perform that miracle, but not for that reason. He performs it so that his disciples will believe in him. In Matthew chapter 12, we see a disconnect again between familial expectations and Christ's mission. Jesus' family is looking to speak with him. And the text doesn't say exactly why in Matthew. doesn't say exactly why. But Jesus seems to contrast his blood relatives from those who are listening to him and believing in him as the Savior. So Matthew records this. While he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers and sisters stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, who told him about his family, who is my mother and who are my brothers and my sisters? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples. (laughs) Jesus said, here. Here are my mother and my brother and sisters. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. The Bible doesn't record any public teaching or preaching or miracles in Christ's early life. In Matthew chapter 13 that you heard this morning, Jesus comes to Nazareth to teach in the synagogue. He'd grown up there, right? Been part of the town life. It seems that when it came to his days in Nazareth, Jesus seemed, well, ordinary. But when Christ begins his public ministry, well, that's different. News of Christ's teaching and His miracles surely reached the people in Nazareth. But despite the news of the day, Christ's hometown didn't really believe all the hype, did they? Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? Are not all of his sisters with us? Where did this man get these things? And they took offense at him. Maybe even members of his own family. Here's what Jesus says. A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. In Mark chapter 3, it goes on and on. His family definitely objects to Jesus' public ministry. Great crowds were following Jesus, right? It was a little bit of a whirlwind. A little bit of a circus, I guess. Great crowds are following Jesus everywhere. And Jesus calls to him 12 disciples, right? 
And how did his family react? Did they say, it's about time somebody recognized Jesus for who he is? Praise be to God. That's not what happened. When he went home, and the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat, and when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying, he is out of his mind. Come on, Jesus, you can't go off and save the world. Are you kidding? All this attention? This is a nuisance. (laughs) All this spectacle? It makes our life difficult. Can't we just go back to the way things were, just ordinary life? It seems that Christ's family thought that Jesus had delusions of grandeur. Where's all this been for the last 30 years? Why now? And how do you expect us to deal with it? Who has time to deal with all of this? And maybe that's our question too. We have work duties, family duties, keeping up our homes, keeping up our recreation, keeping up our health. Life gets busy. And the things of God? Well, we just don't have time. Church seems so ordinary. Is God really working? Is God really making good on His promise to meet me in word and sacrament? I don't see Him. I don't feel Him. There's no spectacular signs. There's no flashy proof that Jesus is really doing anything or that Jesus is who He says He is. I can't see into James's heart his brother, okay, who we celebrate today, the faith that God had granted him. I can't see into his heart and know exactly where he stood during Christ's earthly ministry. Did James, on some level, believe that his brother was God in the flesh? Did James view Jesus' ministry as just an inconvenience or as implausible? I don't really know. Did James think that the whole spectacle was ridiculous, absurd, preposterous? I I don't know. I can't see into James' heart. But we do know that something happened to him along the way. What was it? In 1 Corinthians 15, 7, Paul reports that James, the brother of Jesus, is among those who see the resurrected Christ. That's right. James is a witness of the resurrection. So if there were once doubts, if there were once uncertainties, if there were once divided loyalties in James, Jesus seems to have swept those all away. Victory over sin and death? 
Who can deny Jesus' power and promise when the risen Lord appears and comes directly to them? Apparently not James. James becomes a pillar of the church in Jerusalem. He leads the Jerusalem council among those who's doing it. We read about it in Acts 15. In Acts 15, James doesn't question, where did my brother receive this wisdom and these mighty acts, right? As they did once in his hometown. James, once perhaps bothered by the gospel as an inconvenience, now doesn't see his brother as a nuisance or as an inconvenience and certainly doesn't view him as ordinary. In Acts chapter 15, James proclaims his dear brother as the Savior. Not only his Savior, not only the Savior to the Jews, but the Savior of the world. He proclaims his brother, right, we read from Acts 15, as the fulfillment of God's promise to restore David's royal house. And that through that restoration, that the Gentiles, the Goyim, the nations, would be part of God's royal family through That's what happened to James. Well, that's not quite the end of the story anyway. What happened to him? Well, some traditions say he died by stoning. Others claim he was thrown from the pinnacle of the temple and then just for good measure to make sure that he was dead, was beaten by clubs. Either way, he died for the faith. He died a martyr. James, a... Blood brother of Jesus becomes a brother of Jesus in the truest sense. James, a brother of Christ, becomes a brother in Christ. James becomes that who does the will of God. Sees the need to share the news of Jesus with the world no matter the cost, no matter the inconvenience, no matter all of those things. It's that important. For James, household concerns become concerns for the household of faith. They become much more important because they have profound implications for everyone. They have eternal implications. A professor of mine, Jeff Gibbs, found something interesting in Matthew. And it's a bit technical and it would take a long time to explain and it would take a Bible study, which we've done actually on that subject. But basically, Dr. Gibbs comes to the conclusion, and it's a very strong argument, that whenever Jesus refers to his brothers in the Gospel of Matthew, he doesn't mean his blood relatives. He refers to his disciples. His disciples are truly his brothers and sisters and mother. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus says, Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Why can't you be more like 
your brother. Because you carry the sinful nature. You're not like him. But through word and sacrament, God begins to make that a reality. Through justification, he declares you to be like your brother for his sake. He declares you righteous. Through the means of grace, he continually conforms you to the likeness of his son. He grants you his Holy Spirit to give you holy desires. Why can't you be more like your brother in your baptism? You are united to Christ in his death. And you are united to him in his resurrection. Through the means of grace, you receive his Holy Spirit. Through his word, Jesus abides in you and you in him. Through the power of the gospel, you are dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus through faith. You can't help but be like your brother. Bearing much fruit. Loving one another as Christ has loved you. And that's not even the best part. Why can't you be more like your brother? At the resurrection, you will receive a glorious body like Christ's own glorious body by the power that enables Him to subject all things to Himself. Isn't that wonderful? Through faith, you are truly part of Christ's family. That's how He sees you. His real family. His family in the truest sense. He is your Lord. He is your Savior. He is your God. But because of God's love in Him, because of His love for you, He is also your brother. And you are His brother and sisters and mother. Jesus says, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So then we must ask the question, what is God's will? Ultimately, it is to be like Jesus. Here's what Jesus says the will of God is. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life. And I, that's Jesus speaking, will raise Him up on the last day. Thanks be to God for making Christ a true brother to James, to you, and to me. Amen. And may the peace which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.